Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Money Wise with Ray Lance of USA Wealth Group, your financial and retirement guide. The mission of USA Wealth is to help you protect your family and protect your money. And that's what he does the best. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Money Wise. We hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I spent most of my time, Phil, on the road. On the road again? Like Willie Nelson. Did a lot of driving. Where? Well, we drove down to a place just outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. It took 17 hours of driving. To get wow. Wow. Only a lot of traffic? Uh, traffic was awful around the Tappan Zee Bridge because the um, governor of New Jersey, whoever he might be. Running for president? Running that for guy? president, that guy. Um, for some reason, they had construction going on around the Tappan Zee Bridge. Blame him. And in a 50-mile stretch, it took three hours. You know who I heard uh, whose fault it really is? Who's that? George Bush. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Read read my lips. No new taxes. Well, how was the Thanksgiving holiday anyway? Thanksgiving was worth it. It was wonderful. The meal was wonderful. The company was wonderful. And who who was in North Carolina? Well, my wife's brother. And his oh. wife lived there. Oh, how nice. A little town called Mooresville. Mooresville happens to be the race capital of the country. Really? That's where NASCAR uh, originates from. Uh, Penske has a monster operation there, like you wouldn't believe. Uh, they do a, a huge amount of sales every year. People don't realize just how large these racing companies are, but it's, it's race country. Oh, isn't oh, that nice? Absolutely, yeah. NASCAR country. Good. But we're going to talk about taxes this morning, Phil. Today's topic is going to be year-end tax planning. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, this is really important because just as we don't like to pay taxes, we don't like to pay more taxes than what we need to. And if you do some planning and think about some of the strategies we're going to be discussing today, um, you can benefit and save some money on your income taxes. Mm -hmm. So please pay attention to this whole hour as much as you can. And our special guest this morning has been with us several times before is John T. Lally, who is a certified public accountant. Good morning, John. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, Phil. It's Good great morning, to be John. here. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for giving up some of your valuable time to share some of your most impressive knowledge with He's us. He's the best. Uh, you know, I, the last time you were on, John, I had a conversation, and I was saying that you're the only person I've ever had on the radio where we can talk back and forth about tax topics without even having to look at notes. Right, it's, it's things I deal with every day. Yep, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's a great uh, topic. But I know you've had more than thirty years experiences. I know uh, you work with small business as well as individuals. Now, as a certified public accountant, John, do you have to do ongoing, continuing education to keep up with tax subjects, for example? Yes. Well, in the state of Massachusetts, I'm required to get eighty hours every two years. But I usually exceed that number. Just Again, just trying to keep up and provide my clients with the best service that I can. And I think recently you went to a tax conference, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I did. It was on the best income tax financial planning and estate planning ideas for 2015. So I came away with a few more ideas from that course, too. Timely. Wonderful. Well, that's what we're talking about today. Now, I didn't know until this morning that that's the subject that you went to learn about. So, Ladies and gentlemen, you're in for a treat. (laughs) If you like taxes, you're going to learn a lot about taxes that you might not have known before. But it really is a terribly important subject. And um, like it or not, we have to pay attention to taxes. 
You know, Phil, taxes goes back um, a very long way. Um, uh, even in the Bible, it says in Luke, uh, and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. I think he was talking about current times, wasn't I he? I think so. During that time. But um, Benjamin Franklin is one of my favorite people to give quotations about. He said, in this world, nothing can be said to be certain except death and taxes. <laughs> now, we've all heard that expression. I'm not sure a lot of people realize that that came from uh, Benjamin Franklin. But a lot of politicians chime in on the subject of taxes when you think about it. Have you heard of Bernie Sanders? Very well. He's yeah. running for president, senator from Vermont. Um, this makes me smile. He said, one in four corporations doesn't pay any taxes. I'm not sure what he meant when he said that, but um, uh, the grammar was a little bit incorrect. And then, of course, as we started the show this morning, we talked about George H.W. Bush. Read my lips. No new taxes. But we do have to live with taxes, don't we, John? Yes, we do. Somebody has to pay for all the services that we receive. And somebody has to pay for your services in rendering advice about taxes. But it, it's such an important thing. Um, I want to jump right in. I'd like to tell the listening audience, first of all, that you are located at 69 Alden Road in Fairhaven. I know your website address is www.jtl, which is your initials, cpa.net. So write that number down, that name, ladies and gentlemen, www.jtlcpa.net. We'll ask you for your telephone number a little bit later. I'd like to make a brief comment about the time of the year that we're in. Um, we are now in the month of December as this show is being aired. It's a time to think about holiday shopping and holiday plans, but it's really a very important time to think about tax planning. It looks more and more as though it, there's a real possibility that the Federal Reserve may raise their rates. And um, recently was quoted, the St. Louis Federal Reserve President James Bullard said that a rate hike, rate hike is coming soon. And one of the questions that we have to ask ourselves is, what does it mean if the Federal Reserve raises the rates? Well, it means that monthly credit card interest rates can go up means that the cost of a mortgage might go up. So perhaps if you are thinking about purchasing a house, maybe you want to do it now before rates jump up any higher. Savings accounts will probably pay a little bit more interest, but they're paying virtually nothing right now. And then the most important thing that's being predicted, if the Federal Reserve does start to raise the rates, is there's going to be a lot more volatility in the stock market. Um, it's expected that bond rates could go down because the cost of borrowing is going to go up, which means people have to pay a higher interest rate for bonds. So pay close attention to what's happening when the Federal Reserve raises its rates. It will have an impact on the economy. John, uh, and we're talking with John Lally, CPA, this morning. Let's begin talking about what are some of the things that we can do to save taxes. How about uh, deferral of income? Um, do you know ways that we can push over income. So if you're expecting to have a larger amount of income this year, can you push it off? Are there ways you can push it off into 2016, for example? Yes, there are several ways. Uh, for instance, many small businesses are what's on what's called the cash basis of accounting, so that 
when they receive the money from their customers, they report that as income, and when they pay expenses, that's when they get the expense. So if you're going to be in a high tax bracket for 2015, and possibly a lower or the same tax bracket going forward, then the strategy there is to defer income to a later year and defer your taxes. Now, so, probably not a lot of people listening today are making the top tax bracket, which is a pretty high rate. Uh, the top tax rate in the country is 39.6%. Um, but for single people, you have to make in, uh, a little bit more than $400,000 a year. So I don't think too many people listening today are in that particular tax bracket. But if somebody was expecting to get a bonus, for example, maybe they work for a company that gives bonuses, um, I suppose one thing you could try to do is to see if you can hold off the bonus until January and push it over into another year, right? Yes, sometimes you can ask your employer to defer that bonus. But I guess if your employer is on a cash basis, they want to take the deduction, then they want to pay it. Then they want to pay it in December, correct. So have you ever seen a situation, I wonder about this, where the employer would pay the bonus in 2015, but the check doesn't get deposited until 2016? By the way, I know the answer to the question. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, because that bonus would then show up on your W-2 form, and you you would have to claim that in 2015. Right. That's, That's a good answer. Also, If you have the check and you say, I'm going to just delay depositing it until January, you are in what's known as constructive receipt of the check. Correct. Because you have constructively received it, you have the right to take it. You must declare it for this year. Right. But if your employer is on the accrual basis of counting, so they can accrue that bonus and basically it's the expense has been incurred, but as long as they pay that in the first couple months of 2016, they can still deduct it in 2015. Then you pick it up as income in 2016. So you get the best of both worlds there. Well, I'm hoping that many people listening to the show this morning might be in a position where the hardest decision they have to make is when to report their bonus because I hope a lot of people are going to receive a bonus. Right. But um, now percentage-wise, this is just a real thumbnail um, idea. What percentage of people that you do income taxes for and see might actually receive a bonus? Is it small? Is it... Five percent, or probably twenty twenty-five percent. Oh, that's good it, to hear. Yeah, that's good to know. So this isn't as far-fetched a question as as it might otherwise seem. Right, and if you're going to receive a bonus and pick it up as income in twenty fifteen, you can do things to try to accelerate deductions and get yourself back down into a lower tax bracket. All right, uh, charitable contributions, possibly your real estate taxes, excise taxes. Let's talk about some specifics. By the way, John, do you like to pay taxes? <laughs> no, I don't. You don't. So here's a great Beautiful admission <laughs> from a certified public accountant, ladies and gentlemen, John Lally, who says he doesn't like to pay taxes. How about you, Phil? Do you like to pay taxes? I love paying taxes. <laughs> I was just curious. We have to ask the question. Oliver Wendell Holmes, um, jurist, Supreme Court justice, once said, I like to pay taxes. With them, I buy civilization. Mm-hmm. Of course, on the opposite ex- extreme, you have Rush Limbaugh, who said, no nation has ever taxed itself into prosperity. And that's one of the great arguments that we have right now, isn't it? Yes, it? Well, John, let's talk about some things that we can take for deductions, because if we can speed up deductions or accelerate deductions. So let's talk about a few specifics on deductions. 
Um, what if you are in the end of December and you have received your mortgage bill for January? Can you pay your mortgage payment for January in December and have more interest to deduct? Uh, yes, you can. You'd want to make sure you get that check out early enough so the mortgage company receives it in 2015 and puts that on your 1098 form that they're going to send you at the end of January. That way you can deduct the interest. Of course, the principal payment that you pay would not be deductible. Right. Well, that's an important point you just mentioned because if you don't have the banking institution able to give you, would you say it's a 1098 the, form? Right, 1098 form um, for the mortgage showing interest. Showing how much interest you paid. Now you've paid the payment in December, but you're going to have to go to some lengths to prove that you actually paid it in December to get a deduction. Correct. And if you try to deduct it, you might get a tax notice saying it doesn't match up with what the IRS received from your mortgage lender. All right. So the important thing is if you do want to pay your mortgage for January early, do it earlier enough in the year so that you can get a proper tax record for it. Yes. How about real estate taxes for your house? If you want to pay your... Um, First payment for real estate taxes that's due in 2016, can you pay that bill in 2015? Yes, and what's great about that bill is you could write the check on December 31st and drop it in the mail and still get the deduction because right now there is no IRS matching of your real estate tax bills. Okay, so that's one thing you could pay early if you wanted to increase some uh, deductions for uh, 2015. And... Um, is, is there any danger? I, I've heard of something called the alternative minimum tax. I have to confess that um, I don't really understand it very well, and it's, it's a complicated subject for a lot of people. It's something that affects uh, primarily the middle class in any event, doesn't it? Well, the alternative minimum tax was originally designed to keep millionaires like the Rockefellers from not paying any taxes at all, but the tax brackets had not been indexed for inflation for years, so now many middle-class people are subject to the alternative minimum tax, which is a shame, because it was never intended uh, for the middle class. So it's, it's a way to make sure that people who have maybe a lot of itemized deductions uh, will pay more taxes or some minimum tax. In other words, you can't have too many deductions, or if you have too many deductions where it may significantly reduce your income tax, then you have to calculate the tax using the alternative minimum tax as well to see which pays more, something like that? Yes. For instance, one of the addbacks for the alternative minimum tax is your state income taxes. So if you pay your January 15th payment in December, you might not get a deduction for under the alternative minimum tax. So therefore, a lot of times it doesn't make sense to make that payment in December. You might as well just wait till January if you're not going to get a current tax deduction for it. So is it possible actually to sit down, say, at the beginning of December or, say, not later than the middle of December and look at your taxes uh, with your accountant, uh, maybe look at it two different ways? What happens if I pay more deductions? Is it going to help me or is it going to come back to me on the alternative minimum tax? Right. What's great, too, is uh, many CPAs have tax planning software where they can run different scenarios uh, depending upon you know, when you pay those deductions and, and how much. Okay. And speaking of deductions, if you own a small business, whether it's incorporated or even a sole proprietorship business, there's a lot of extra deductions you can get too, such as buying equipment in December and the first $25,000 uh, you can write off in the first year. Mm -hmm. So there's a piece of equipment that you need. You might as well go out and get it if you're in a high tax bracket. 
You can buy extra supplies in December. Okay. So things like that. What about if you had a home business and you have home office expenses? Can you accelerate some home office expenses in the month of December? Yes, you can. Okay. So if you had homeowner's insurance to pay, uh, utility bills, things like that. All right. So we talked about maybe buying some office supplies, uh, whether you're a small business outside your home or inside your home. You can maybe accelerate the purchase of some um, equipment. Um, how about insurance premiums? Maybe insurance premiums as an expense? Sure. Yeah, those are good to pay. Yeah. Ray, did you know that there's cases where you might want to actually accelerate income into 2015, if that makes sense? Well, let's talk about that for a minute. No, I didn't know about that. Yes, I'm working on a few uh, tax planning scenarios right now with clients where they're close to retirement age, or actually they have retired, but they haven't collected their Social Security or their required minimum distributions from the IRA accounts. So right now, let's say over the next couple of years, they're in a low tax bracket because they don't have a lot of income. But once they start to receive their Social Security and their required minimum distributions from the IRA accounts, they're going to be in a very high tax bracket. So the strategy now is to accelerate some income into mm -hmm. 2015, 2016, over the next few years. Uh, one way to do that would be if they had gains on their portfolio to sell those gains and realize them. Another way would be to convert some of their IRA money from a traditional taxable IRA to a Roth IRA. Okay. That conversion from the traditional to the Roth IRA is taxable and gets right. reported as income. Mm -hmm. uh, but the beauty of that is once the money is in the Roth IRA, any gains is, are tax-free. When you take the money out, that's tax-free as well. Okay. This will be a topic for a whole subject, um, I suspect, at some point. When we talk about IRA contributions and doing a Roth conversion, uh, converting a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA. But, um, well, you know, it really just highlights the complexity of doing income tax planning of any kind. So if you're expecting more income next year, in 2016, maybe you want to figure out a way to take uh, income uh, this year, and maybe you want to find a way to defer expenses until next year. Right, because I have a few people who are going to report some income now at 10 or 15%, whereas if they had reported that income in the future, it'd be taxed at 25 to 35%. So that's a big savings. So I suspect for a lot of people, the goal is to try to defer income taxes. Of course, one problem with deferring uh, defer income, one of the problems with deferring income is, um, I guess, just ask the simple question of, of you, Phil. Do you think that Taxes in this country will stay the same? I think taxes always go up, just the way uh, cost of living goes up. So you don't think taxes will go down next year then? I'd, I've never seen taxes go down, actually. Have you? <laughs> I don't believe so. <laughs> so I guess if we think that maybe taxes are going to go up in the future and we're deferring income until a later year, then we could actually be shooting ourselves in the foot in some ways, right? Correct. Then you could pay a higher tax bracket on that income that you deferred till next year. Mm. And part of that is a political question, too. I, th I think the common wisdom is that if Democrats get in, the, get in as president, they're more likely to raise taxes versus Republicans who might cut the taxes. That's always been the myth. I suspect there's not necessarily—well, there's probably some truth behind it, but— 
you know, who knows? The, the two parties are coming closer and closer together all the time, aren't they? But we don't discuss politics on the radio, do we? <laughs> Probably not a good idea. <laughs> no, I just give quotes from Bernie Sanders and anybody else that we can. Well, anyway, take a look at uh, your own situation. Get some advice. Uh, John, what's your telephone number? If somebody wants to meet with you and talk about what should they do for year-end tax planning. Right. My telephone number is 508-992-6500. Okay, we'll repeat that again after. So... Look at last-minute deductions that you can take. Don't wait until too late in the year to do it because if you're uh, paying your mortgage early, you want to make sure the bank will be able to give you an accurate record of the interest that you've paid and so forth. Um, here's something that's very important, uh, charitable contributions. This is the time of year when we all get dozens and dozens of solicitations. Um, all the televisions, uh, public television is very active and asking for money and so forth. If you've gone to any college or university, you're going to get solicited by your university. And the reason is, number one, people are in more of a giving mode at the end of the year. Uh, look at all the charitable things like you know, quarters for Christmas and toys for tots, which we have in our office, for example, uh, collection box. Uh, people are more inclined to give this time of year, but they also are inclined to give because they can get a tax deduction. Correct. So it's a great... Confluence of events. Um, I just and, read and the other thing too is even if you charge your donation, and you can still get a deduction in 2015 as long as it's charged in 2015, even though you pay the credit card bill in 2016. That's a great idea. You know, I hadn't thought about that one. Mm -hmm. So put it on your credit card for 2015, and you won't pay the bill until 2016, but you'll get a deduction for 2015. Mm. Smart idea. Mm. Very smart. I like that, John. And. Um, I understand now that uh, the old rule for making a donation to charity is that um, it was a good idea to get a receipt, and if it was more than $250, you had to have a receipt. Now I understand you got to get a receipt for everything. I read that recently. Have you heard something like that? It says you have to get a receipt to back up any contribution regardless of the amount um, if you want to be able to claim it. That might apply more for property. Well, no, really, you you really can't deduct a cash donation anymore, saying you gave $10 in the, in the church uh, basket. You need to drop in a check. So then you've got a, some type of written documentation that you made that donation. The IRS won't take your word for it that you gave $10 in the basket every week. No, I, I can't <laughs> see that they would. Um, but that makes sense. And uh, I happen to be now uh, helping to uh, run the stewardship campaign in my church. So... This is the time of year when we're asking people to give money and make a pledge and so forth. And if they make a pledge, they can't deduct the pledge until they actually make the payment with a check. Yes, that's true. Okay. Or charge it. Or charge it, yep. That's a great thought. We ought to have a facility to be able to do a pledge on a credit card. Brilliant idea, John. I think we'll use that. Now, the rules um, about charitable deductions are fairly complicated, aren't they? Yes, they are, as um, with every tax law. And I, I've got a lot of information on that. We, we may not have time to go into that right now, but cash basis taxpayers, which most of us are, and all three of us in this room, most individuals are cash basis taxpayers. Yes, they are. Right? Or maybe all individuals are. Probably 99%. The politicians. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you're a cash basis taxpayer and you make a 
contribution to a regular 501c3 organization like a church, for example, or a temple, um, you can only deduct on your income tax, what, 50% or up to 50% of your adjusted gross income. Yes. That's the rule, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, so another thing to look out for. Well, we have a lot of things to talk about besides charitable contributions. We're going to talk about playing, paying college costs early. Um, we're going to talk about standard deductions versus itemized deductions. And we're going to talk a little bit more about um, harvesting losses. Like if you have losses on stocks, maybe this is a good time to sell it. But we'll be back in just a minute. We're talking with John Lally, a certified public accountant who's on Alden Road in Fairhaven. And please stay tuned. We've got a lot more things to talk about and how we can save money and you can save money on your income taxes. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to MoneyWise, brought to you every week by USA Wealth Group. You can reach us at 508-998-8800 or 508-998-8858 is actually a better number. You can reach us on the website at usawealthgroup.com, www.usawealthgroup.com. And we've got a lot of useful information we're happy to provide just for your calling the office. You don't have to come in. Just give us a call. We've got brochures on Medicare and on uh, Social Security planning. It's real important when you do planning that you combine tax savings ideas along with your retirement planning. So our topic today is to talk about some year-end tax planning tips that you can use and take advantage of. Nobody has an obligation to pay more taxes than they're required to pay. It's not your patriotic duty to pay as much taxes as you can. Right, John Lally, CPA? Yes, that's true. <laughs> pay only what you're required to pay. And it's, it's your patriotic duty, John, to make sure that you can show people what all the Let's say the tax rules are. We don't want to talk about tax loopholes because it sounds like you're doing something improper. But, you know, there are loopholes. Nobody needs to pay more than what they are required to pay. And if you pay more, well, God bless you. You're a, you're a useful, patriotic citizen, but you've also done something that's a little bit foolish. And, and you won't receive any type of reward for paying extra. No, you will not. Um, Did you hear about... The people who actually send money in to lower the deficit? Yes. I, I've heard of that. They do. Yep. They, they send in contributions. Yep. Well, hoping to lower the deficit. God bless them. <laughs> we need about uh, 17 trillion more of those people. <laughs> or is it 18 trillion? I think our deficit is 19, I think. Well, John Marshall, the former uh, Chief Justice, said the power to tax is the power to destroy. And Albert Einstein once said, the hardest thing in the world to understand is the income tax. So, John, you as a CPA, congratulations. You can do something that Einstein could not do. That's because you need a 1040 IQ to figure it out. That's right. <laughs> and then we had people like uh, Leona Helmsley from New York, hotel uh, owner-operator. She actually spent some time in jail. Yes, she did. But that was after she had her famous quotation, which was, we don't pay taxes, only the little people pay taxes. <laughs> then she later went in jail and uh, had to regret that statement. Marco Rubio. Have you heard of Marco Rubio, Phil? We don't talk politics on this show. No, okay. <laughs> well, I'll just give you a quotation. He said, 
Marco Rubio said, we don't need new taxes. We need new taxpayers, people that are gainfully employed, making money and paying into the tax system. There you go. That's, that's like not it. a bad statement. <laughs> and then my, one of my favorite people I'd like to quote, John, is Mark Twain. And he said, I shall never use profanity except in discussing house rent and taxes. <laughs> but uh, uh, I have to give you one more quotation, then we'll move into our topic. This is from Phil Plato. Ah, related. Yes. He's <laughs> a distant relative, I believe. Well, Plato said, where there is an income tax, the just man will pay more and the unjust man less on the same amount of income. Not much changes, I guess. Nothing no, it changes. Doesn't. Except death and taxes stay the same. <laughs> well, uh, I've got some other wonderful quotations we're going to share with you, but let's come back and talk about uh, last-minute tax deductions. Uh, if it's charitable, if you're giving uh, property away, um, property to a church rummage sale, for example, which is this time of year, Animal Advocates just recently had their event, get receipts. Uh, if you don't have receipts, it makes it really difficult to estimate. You can't you're not going to get away with it, are you, John? Right. There's been many tax cases where people have tried to deduct donations or lots of things without receipts, and for the most part, they get denied. Mm. Another thing on a donation, too, is if you have appreciated stock, you could give that stock directly to the charity, never pay tax on the gain, but still get the deduction for the full fair market value of that stock. So that's another, another great strategy. Okay. Let's repeat that one. Tell me how that works again. Let's say you have some Apple stock that you paid you know, $1,000 for a few years ago or many years ago. Now it's worth five, dollars $10,000. You can give that stock directly to a charity, get your $10,000 deduction, and never have paid tax on the $9,000 gain. Mm-hmm. So it's we, a great strategy. Yep, We had somebody in our church that did that recently. They gave an amount that was a bit larger than that, but it was appreciated stock. Um, he was able to get the deduction for the full amount, tax deduction, um, but did not have to report the gain, which he would have had to do if he sold it. And you can do something similar with losses, too, uh, I assume. If you have stock that has gone down in value and you have a tax loss, um, you can sell your losses. You can sell your stock, take your losses, and you can deduct up to, well, if you have capital gains, you can offset the losses against the gains. But if you have excess losses, you can take as much as $3,000 of those losses on yes. income tax against you. That's correct. You can get $3,000 this year. Then if you have more than 3000 you can carry that forward to future years and get $3,000 per year and then offset future gains. Hmm. Okay. So some really good things to take a look at. If you happen to be in any of these categories where you are holding stock, you're thinking of making a charitable contribution to charity of your choice, uh, this is a good time of year to do it and avoid the gain and still get the tax deduction for it. I wonder, if you took a wild guess, how many taxes are there in this country? How many would you say, John? Boy, Probably hundreds. Wow! <laughs> hundreds! There are so oh many. My gosh! And somebody, somebody in a high tax bracket probably pays more than 50% of their income to taxes. I think between sales taxes, property taxes, excise. Excise right. tax, you have tax on your telephone bill. Yeah. Um, right. Excise tax on your telephone bill. Gasoline taxes. Right. Uh, sales and use tax when you buy a car. 
uh, we're taxed everywhere. But wow, that's incredible. So we are, we do live in a tax uh, economy, unfortunately. Um, I, f- I firmly believe, and we'll have to watch carefully this next presidential election, what people have to say about taxes. I think if you can lower certain taxes, you can stimulate the economy. People now have more money to spend. That creates more jobs. Um, I think if you can reduce corporate taxes, then you can end up having more money that companies can use to hire people or to spend on research and development and you know, grow the economy. Mm-hmm. There's been many instances um, when that's happened. So um, we've talked about Einstein. Let me tell you about Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan says, the government's view of the economy could be summed up in a few short phrases. If it moves, tax it. <laughs> if it keeps moving, regulate it. <laughs> and if it stops moving, subsidize it. That's what he said the government was. <laughs> well, um, lots and lots of useful things to think about. Let's talk a little bit more about contributing to a retirement account. That's one of the smartest things anybody can do at the end of the year. First of all, if you are in a situation when you can make a contribution to an IRA or 401k, uh, if you are in the right income tax bracket, that can reduce your income it can possibly put you in even a lower tax bracket, right? Yes, it can. So, and then you're getting a deduction against your income tax, or you get it, you're reducing your income by the deduction. But at the same time, you're putting something into a tax-deferred vehicle where the investment itself is going to continue to grow, and it'll grow faster because you're not paying income taxes on it currently. So, so I tell people all the time, when it comes down to near near year end, have you put money into an IRA account this year? Do you have extra money where you can afford to do that? And I had one couple, um, they're from the vineyard, and a year ago, around this time, they happened to have a lot of money sitting in the bank, and I said, have you put money into an IRA account this year? So we actually had them put in, uh, and, and I was meeting with them, by the way, in January, which is significant for a reason I'll explain, we actually had them write a check for $6,500 because they were over the age of 50 each. So they each put $6,500 into an IRA as a contribution towards the prior year and another $6,500 as a contribution towards the present year. So they each put $13,000 into an IRA account in January because although you can make an IRA contribution in this year, um, you can also do it next year in 2016, all the way up until April 15th. You can make a deduction or contribution and have it count towards 2015 taxes. But I think the rules are a little different for a 401k. Um, I think you have to make the 401k deduction in 2015, if I'm not mistaken. Do you know? Yes, the 401k is supposed to come out of your salary, so it should come out of your paycheck in 2015 to count for 2015 then. So assuming that you have enough um, free space in your budget to do it, uh, it's a good thing to do to put money into your 401k account in 2015. Yes, it is. And, and, and the other great thing, too, about the IRA and the 401k is it lowers your adjusted gross income, which sometimes frees you up to take other deductions, such as the medical deduction, which is subject to 10% of your adjusted gross income, or the ed- educational tax credits, which we'll talk about later on, too. Okay. 
So the medical expense, for example, I think as everybody knows, if you have an unusual amount of medical bills and you are in a situation where you can itemize your deductions, um, there is a limitation. You take your adjusted gross income, 10% of that, and then the medical expenses have to exceed that 10% amount. Correct, right. So okay. if somebody was in the $100,000 of income, 10% is 10000 So the first 10000 of your medical expenses aren't deductible. It's just anything over and above that $10,000. Hmm. So but you have to usually either be very poor or very sick to get the medical deduction. Yeah, right. but, but there are a lot of people, unfortunately, who do have medical right. expenses, and they should look into deduction. Um, in talking about that, too, oftentimes it makes sense to bunch up those deductions. Okay. So if you needed dental work and you already have the $10,000 of medical expenses, go ahead, schedule it for December, get that done, or braces and things like that, too. You know, I wonder if it's a busy time of year for people in the medical business, including especially people like dentists. Well, I didn't really want to come today, but I really needed a tax deduction. <laughs> right. So that's why I'm here. Yeah, once you qualify, you must just go ahead and make those additional expenses. Sure. How about for younger people? Um, daycare, that's a big expense for, for some young couples. Is that deductible or not? Uh, in most cases, it is. There is a tax credit that gives you a percentage of those child care expenses. So that is a good write-off. Mm-hmm. And w what about other write-offs for younger people? Well, certainly if they're um, changing jobs and they have employment-related job search expenses, uh, those rules are very specific, too. I think, uh, like, you can deduct travel expenses if you have to go more than 50 miles away. There is a mileage limit of 35 or 50, I believe. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, sure, some of the expenses, if, if you're a younger person and you have incurred expenses relating to a job search, some of those expenses can be deductible. And, again, you really need to sit down with a preparer like John Lally. Um, John, what's your address again on Alden Road? It's 69 Alden Road in Fairhaven, uh, right across from the Walmart. And what's your phone number again? Just let people know your phone number. It's 508-992-6500, and again, the web address is www.jtlcpa.net. And we're talking about some younger taxpayers. Uh, if somebody's in a low tax bracket, some good ideas for them are a Roth IRA, or many companies have a 401k with a Roth option. So you could have money taken out of your pay and put into a Roth 401k. Interesting. And what's great about that option is it allows you to do more than the Roth IRA. So a young person could put $5,500 into a Roth IRA. If the employer has the Roth 401k option, they could put away up to $18,000 if they wanted to for 2015. Well, there are a number of things that can be done. Um, everybody's different. The tax code, the Internal Revenue Code, is one of the most complicated pieces of fiction ever written. Um, it is a work of fiction. Uh, there was an author named Herman Woke who wrote, sure. income tax returns are the most imaginative fiction being written today. <laughs> I have to give you a quote. I like quotations. <laughs> Arthur Godfrey once said, I'm proud to be paying taxes in the United States. The only thing is I could be just as proud for half the money. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and I think we all feel the same way. But, you know, the tax, road is, the tax code is ridiculously complicated, unnecessarily complicated. And it's a result of 
Um, a couple centuries of, uh, well, it's not a couple of centuries. It's what, about 100, 1916? We first got the income tax, I think. About then, yes. So we have an important anniversary next year to celebrate then, the 100th wow. anniversary of the income tax. <laughs> <laughs> How do you want to celebrate it? <laughs> um, probably by burning my copy of the Internal Revenue Code. I think Congress has an has other ideas by raising taxes to celebrate. Yeah, I think you're right, John. <laughs> but I think the future is we're going to have to plan for something because we can't sustain an $18 trillion deficit in this country. I mean, if you're not going to have more workers come in the country, if you're not going to have more jobs, if you're not going to create more income-paying taxpayers, and if you're not going to stop the spending that Congress does repeatedly, um, you've got to have a solution. You could not run your household, Phil, nor could anybody listening no. uh, the way Congress runs this country. Absolutely not. That's right. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to have some deficit spending this year, but that's okay. I'm just going to add it to the deficit, and uh, you know, I'll just see if I can tax a little bit more someplace else and mm -hmm. see what I can get. John, let's talk about some uh, other practical tax tips before we run out of time here today. Um, you know, business people have to be concerned about things they can do. We've talked about some of the things that Somebody who's running a business, part-time business, full-time business, uh, can do. Um, there's something called the Section 179 deduction for business-related expenses. Yes, the what that Section 179 refers to the area of the tax code, and it allows a small business to write off uh, the first year asset purchases. So again, this year the limit is $25,000. So the first $25,000 of equipment could be deducted in 2015 versus spreading that out over the next five to seven years. Uh, which brings up another important point is that Congress is working on what's called the tax extenders bill, uh, which might get passed later on in December that might potentially raise that limit, which could be anywhere from 25000 up to 250000 or possibly half a million dollars of first-year equipment write-offs. The tough part is it hasn't been passed, so for a small business, what do, what do they do? That, that's a tough call to make. Mm -hmm. And they did this last year, too, didn't they? Uh, yes, they did. They held out until the last week or two of the year, and all of a sudden they said, oh, by the way, if you're in the small business and you want to spend something more than $25,000 to invest in your business, you can now go ahead and do it. You can spend more money and take a 179 deduction for it. But if you think about the stupidity of this, if Congress wants to do something that will help stimulate the economy, why wouldn't they do it with further notice? What if somebody wants to go out and buy a new truck for their business, for example, and they're holding off and holding off and holding off to see if Congress is going to do something? Mm -hmm. And that means it's hurting truck sales and auto sales and equipment sales, or somebody says, you know, I've got a little bit of extra money, and I'm thinking I'd like to go out and buy a bunch of computers, but... I'm going to wait and see what happens next year because they haven't passed this bill yet. Right. Again, we don't talk politics here, but typical no. Congress doesn't do anything <laughs> until the last minute. No, but isn't, isn't it a shame, you know, because if, if they did something more logically and we knew that this was going to happen. Oh, logic. In Congress, you can't say those in the same sentence. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I think I told this once before. You know what a gathering, a group of baboons is called? What? A Congress. <laughs> it's true. You've heard of a gaggle of geese, right. a pride of lions. A, def a Congress, a 
the baboons. It's a Congress, a, a Congress of baboons. It's applicable. <laughs> Speaking of logic, I don't know if you ever thought of this, but Social Security, you know how everybody pays in half of it through their payroll withholding, 7.65%. Right. And then the employee matches it with another 7.65%. So of all the money going in for your Social Security, you pay in half, your employer pays in half. Right. But when you go to take the money out, they tax 85% of it. Oh, I never thought of that. Why not 50%? That's right. Or 100%. Nope, 85%. Huh. So again, Congress and logic don't go in the same sentence. You can't use them in the same sentence. That's that's a good discussion, isn't it? Mm. But I still like my Congress of baboons. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's also a fact that um, congressmen get a pension for life if they've only served one two-year term yes. in Congress and medical expenses for life. It's, I mean, it's a great... It's a great racket. Great business. <laughs> yeah. I'll call it a great business. <laughs> Hopefully we'll have some changes at some point in time, but it's like... You know, the inmates running the asylum, unfortunately. Well, let's talk about a couple of other things. Um, there are some other year-end things that we're hoping that will pass that might benefit people. And unfortunately, you have to be just really vigilant and hold out until the last minute to decide. Um, did you know, Phil, that there's a law that's being passed right now that's going to require passports for domestic travel in 2016. No. And there are a couple of states right now that have opted out of it. And one of the reasons is because when you apply for a passport, apparently there's more background information done. And so instead of using a driver's license for boarding an airplane in the future, you might be using a passport. So right now it's required for international travel, but it may be required for domestic travel as well. And the TSA is going to be issuing something called $55 passport cards as a valid form of identification. Interesting. So if that's not bad enough, then the next thing that's happening is there's a bill that's winding its way through the House and the Senate right now. It hasn't been enacted yet, but it is expected to pass. It's going to add a new section to the tax code called Section 7345, in the title of this is revocation or denial of passport in case of certain tax delinquencies. And so what this bill is going to do is going to say that um, the State Department would have the right to revoke, deny, or limit passports for anyone who is characterized as a seriously delinquent taxpayer who has tax debt in excess of $50,000. That is incredible. And so let's think about what happens if something like this actually gets into the law and becomes a part of the Internal Revenue Code. How simple would it be the following year to change it to $25,000 or $10,000? Oh, my God. I and know. to say, well, gee, oh. you know, we're going to revoke, revoke your passport. And by the way, you need a passport to be able to travel. You'll have people who may not be able to travel on an airplane. Gives way too much authority to the IRS and to the government. Yes, it general. does. One, one more example, along with the Health Care Act, too. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The IRS and health care, and those penalties start out low, and they're going to ratchet up every year too. Well, there's um, no requirement that we have to pay more taxes than what we should. We must pay taxes, um, and Morgan Stanley did a great tip recently 
that said, you must pay your taxes, but there is no law that says you got to leave a tip. (laughs) (laughs) And that's really what tax planning is all about. So, ladies and gentlemen, there are a lot of things you can do. We all have to file tax returns. We have deadlines for doing them. But there are a number of things that you can do for year-end that will help save taxes for your family, possibly put more money into a retirement account for you. And, John, I know this is a busy time for you. Uh, this is John Liley, our CPA friend who's with us today. Um, give us your telephone number. If somebody would like to have the benefit of meeting with you and talking about year-end tax planning, what's your number? Sure. My telephone number is 508-992-6500. So thank you again, ladies and gentlemen, for listening. Um, we enjoy doing this at the end of the year because we want to make people mindful that this is not just holiday season. This is a time of year when you need to do something to help protect your family and protect your money, which is our mission at USA Wealth Group. Thank you for listening, John. Thank you for being here, John Lally, CPA. And uh, we'll, we'll do this again real soon. It was my pleasure, Ray and Phil. Thank you, thank you for having me back great again. Great to see you, John. And, Ray, it's always a pleasure being here with you. You do such a great service here and a fabulous job. It's non-taxing. Well, thank you, Phil. <laughs> we'll see you again on the radio next week.